All right, Brian, in honor of one of our favorite shows ever ending, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I think we should observe a moment of silence. I agree. I agree. Brian, what the fuck? I didn't think it'd make a noise. You move it closer to your microphone. Ooh, you saw that? Welcome in to the Bro Four Squad podcast, where we're just a bunch of bros drinking beer and watching TV and movies. This is our review of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the series finale. I am your host, the Mayor Jeff Hornacek. Joining me for the last time for this show is the mad scientist Brian Banner to review it as we do all of our TV episodes on the four Bro Four Squad criteria, the acting, the story, our favorite scene, and then instead of theories and questions, since it is the end of the show, we're going to talk about impact, the impact of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, Brian, a lot to cover today. Two episodes uh, ending Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. after seven great years. And I got to say, before we even get into acting and cast, I called you before I watched this on Thursday night, the night after it aired, and I did not know they were playing episodes 12 and 13 consecutively and i was not emotionally ready for it i am so thankful that you called me and and told me that because i was i was able to mentally prepare myself to go into it i thought i had another week and uh it was it was tough i want to preface before we get going this this review is going to be only on the two episodes that were aired not the entire series right um I'm sure we'll touch on things from the entire series, especially once we get to Impact. But as far as the other categories go, it's just on these two episodes. There's too much to cover if we did the whole series. Yeah. And, I mean, you and I have obviously been watching the show since day one. And I think I still need to take a little longer to let the whole thing kind of sit with me. Because it it was a great ride. And I, I think you'll find throughout the review, we were pretty pleased with how it ended. So I agree. Let's start with the acting and cast. I mean... It's the usual cast of characters we've had since the beginning, but uh, as we saw at a couple times this season, this one had a lot of emotional moments, as you would expect from a series finale, but who stood out to you positive or negatively? I cannot believe I'm leading the show off with this, but dude, Jeffrey Ward is Deke. They figured him out. He played it well. Him getting left in the 80s was great. I just think, and in that timeline, I just think that I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but they didn't give him enough time to develop. They figured it out too late. But the little that he was in on this episode, he did his part, and his send-off was good. I mean, it was they, – they did it in the, we'll say, episode 12, the first half of the, the long episode, um, which is the right place to have it. He doesn't deserve to be in the last episode, um, but they gave him his due justice. He, they gave him what he earned. And he got to go off as a hero, you know, helping yeah. the team uh, make the jump in the quantum realm. <clears throat> I agree. Deke was a character who I was really uh, hesitant to come around on for a long time. And I don't really blame myself for that because he was written very inconsistently. And a lot of times I just found him annoying. Um, and I liked the rest of the team so much that when he was given screen time or 
extensive story arcs. I was like, come on, man, this is happening at the expense of someone else. But this season, his character was really used effectively. I think case in point, that episode with him and Mac in the 80s was where I really said, all right, I've completely fallen in love with what you guys have done with him. And I agree, the perfect cherry on top for his arc. And we'll get at the end where all the characters end up, but I'm very, very happy and excited uh, both for Deke in the 80s and then um, for how Gemma and, and Fitz were able to leave him. I got to say, Elizabeth Henstridge, for me, was the standout of this whole season. I mean, she is one of the best actors in terms of displaying emotion that I've seen in a while. I mean, everything she shows is so authentic. It's never oversold. And I think Gemma, for the she's always been, obviously, a key cog in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show. But the last two or three seasons, her and Fitz's arc has really kind of been the emotional fulcrum of everything. I mean, like... Daisy had some stuff with her parents, obviously, that was really powerful. But that was really early on. Right. And there was the the um, Coulson and May stuff, which, you know, could be seen maybe as powerful as the Gemma and Fit stuff. I never thought it was quite on that level. I don't think so either. But if you were looking for an emotional through line, that was the one to kind of hang your hat on. It would have been Gemma and Fitz. And Elizabeth Henstridge absolutely knocked out of the park this season, and especially this episode. She did so, I mean, the idea of remembering everything and forgetting everything, which is what this entire episode or two episodes hinged on, she delivered that so well. And I don't even know how to do that. I don't know how to portray to somebody that I'm forgetting everything that I know, but also remembering everything I know at the same time. But if you need a blueprint on that, she's your girl. And her character would have to go from like, not feeling anything to like instantly breaking down and crying as she like had these memories kind of flooding through her head. And then sort of like the amnesia aspect of her character this episode was really tough to play too. Like if you oversell that, it looks horrible. You're like, what the fuck is this? You're like, you're like a bad stage actor, but she was awesome. She was great. Um, Another person I think that kind of, built on that emotion too and kind of fed off of that or possibly even learned as the show went on was Chloe Bennett, man, her emotional stuff, uh, especially with her kind of coming to her own mortality and saying, you know, I am going to sacrifice myself so that we can blow up the the ship and kill Malik and blah, blah, blah. She didn't have to say any words. It was all done with her face. She showed us, she didn't tell us it was, I just thought, especially in that scene, she just did a fantastic fucking job. Yeah, and we've been saying, I mean, I don't know if this will lead to, you know, any spinoff shows down the road. But if you were grooming anyone for a backdoor pilot to have their own show, Chloe Bennett has more than shown. She can handle her own, like, whatever it would be, a 10-episode series or something like that. I mean, she she has become such a strong actor and especially as the character of Daisy that I would have zero hesitation. If you said we're going to give her her own show. Yep. Last person I want to talk about just because we didn't get him all season and he's our favorite character until now. And that is Ian DeCastor as Fitz. So do you want to talk about his role in the series now, or do you want me to save it for story? Um, we can go ahead and talk about it now. I mean, I think it'll be a nice little transition anyway. So I have a quote from, this is comicbook.com, posted an article with Jed Whedon and Marissa Tancheron, who are the two showrunners, about why DeCastiker was not in the final season until the, basically the very last episode, because he shows up like the last five seconds of the second to last episode. And Jed Whedon said, quote, it had more to do with the schedule, logistics rather than our intention of storytelling. 
yes, yes, there were conflicts. There were other jobs. So we would ask, just rewatch the season with that in mind. We use the use of every moment of fits that we were given. Yes, that's a good way to put it. But yeah, there are some angry, angry people about his absence. Yeah, so basically, right here. basically scheduling conflicts. And I got to say, I mean, I appreciate his importance in the season, but I do feel now in hindsight a little bit cheated. If I'm not. I, I agree with that. I think, though, with the cards they were dealt, this was the best outcome. And I'm not mad about it by any means. I think about halfway through the season when we really just came to terms with the fact that he's not going to show up until the last few episodes. Uh, once, once I really accepted that, I really liked how the season went. And then obviously the way that they backdoor painted him in, it fit very well. It all, it all worked. Um, would I like to see more of him? Of course, t- a lot more of him, but it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, at this point we've, we've made our thoughts known. I would have loved way more fits this season. I think narratively it worked out like they find, found a way to have it make sense, but I'm just upset because he is my favorite actor and character on this show. And I know that the show's over now, you know, and I think that was the part that just hurt me the most when I realized the, we really only get him for one episode and this is the final season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They're just a little bit harder to swallow. But again, scheduling conflicts, I mean, what are they supposed to do? I don't blame Whedon and Tancheron at all. It's just, it's just something that's kind of frustrating for me. Yep. You can't move time. Correct. Unless. Well. <laughs> Speaking of moving time, all right, the story and plot. So since there's two episodes here that we're reviewing together as the series finale, I won't read the two respective synopses on the TV Time app, but the three things that I had, just as sort of the main plot points, and then you can get into what worked and what didn't for you, but Sybil usurps Malik, which we all kind of saw coming, right? She was mm-hmm. setting him up um, to basically take over once he did her dirty work. Fitz returns, and the team time jumps through the quantum realm to the OG timeline, and then, of course, the final battle with the Chronicoms and the Chronicom bomb, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what did you think about the story in these two episodes and kind of how they wrapped things up? Uh, I, I liked it. Um, I wasn't sure going in how I was going to like it. I wasn't exactly sure how they were going to wrap this up. Um, but overall, I liked all of it. All the stuff with Gemma and um, Simmons, or Fitz and Simmons, it yeah. all – Gemma and Simmons are the same fucking person, Brian. Good job. Um it all worked. I thought that, again, them explaining his absence from the entire series worked. And the way that they tied everything back to family, I thought worked really well as well. Considering in episode one, Daisy, who was then Sky, was looking for her parents. It all started with trying to find a family. And Coulson bringing her in under her wing and being that surrogate father... And her finding these these family members in her friends and her team. And then all of the everybody splitting up because of family. I, I just I think that that through line was something that was really, really good at times in the series. They lost that and they did a really good job of bringing it all back together and, and tying it together. Yeah, for me, the the story really has two portions. They're not they weren't equally uh allotted time in the show in the t- these two episodes but there's sort of the wrap-up to the chronicoms and the Sybil and, and malik storyline mm-hmm. which to me i mean i enjoyed it but that could have been basically any season in the show yeah. right then which again the i'm villain. fine with 
For sure. I have no issue with that at all. And then there's, of course, the last 20 minutes, which is the real important part, how you wrap up the show. And that's where I think they really uh, nail, hit the nail on the head. I mean, understanding that the most important thing and the reason we tuned in every week was these characters' relationship to each other. Yeah, it was cool that it was a Marvel Cinematic Universe show for, I guess we could still debate whether it is, but for the mm-hmm. first few seasons. And it was fun to, to visit, like, you know, characters and references from the comic books. But what kept me coming back week to week, and I think the reason this thing lasted seven seasons instead of two or three off of the gimmick of being part of the MCU, was that these characters' relationships were ones that we wanted to see and that made us feel good and that were relatable. And that surrogate family they have, because that's how life is sometimes, right? It's not always necessarily going to be your nuclear family. It's the people that the people that you love are not always just the people that you were born with. It's sometimes you find them different ways. And that's where these characters really grew. And that scene at the end where they're all sitting in the bar, which we'll get to probably in best scene, but I think perfectly encapsulates how well Whedon and Tancheron understand what we love about the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And that's just them all together in a room, bullshitting with each other and letting each other know that they love one another. And so for me, the Chronicoms and the Malik part was cool. It visually looked awesome, but... That was pretty much any other season finale we had. It was the last 20 minutes of the series finale that I said, this is where this thing really earned uh, the pedigree that it has as one of my favorite shows ever. I, uh, I echo a lot of that. I will, I'm going to go negative. We've had a lot of positive, and we're going to have a lot more positive. I'm going to go a little negative here. Daisy should have died. I think someone should have, yeah. but I think I, I just think it's fucking bullshit. And it's a Last Jedi Leia forcing herself back onto the ship. She's out in space. She just got blown. Like, the ship is in a billion pieces, and somehow she's all in one piece, frozen in space. They can bring her in and then conveniently Cora, which I don't even know what the fuck her power is. I've said this is it from her th- eyes? Is it from her hands? Is it... Like she can melt stuff. I don't know what the Why fuck her power she is. Jai Ying, if that's her power. Like, exactly. Really- so. I just I don't I don't get that. I think that it would have had a big impact on the team, especially in that I would have made that final episode even more if you have an empty chair there and maybe Sousa shows up and goes makes some comment about how he's alone or, you know, something like that, something relating to her death. I don't know exactly what I'm looking for here, but I think that they Missed an opportunity right there. And again, not mad about how they ended it. I love the fact that she bookended it so well. I just think that somebody from the team should have died to make those stakes so much higher. And I I truly believe any person on that team would have sacrificed himself for the rest of the team. And why not show that to us? Why not? Why not make sure that we understand that they are a family and that's what you do for family. And I got over it really quick because I think the end 15 minutes were so great. Couldn't but, agree more. But when she was floating out there in space and she got pulled back in with Cora, this is kind of a weird way to even articulate it. But I was never even thinking for a second that she was actually going to be dead, which I think is a problem. Like for me, yeah. to, for me to feel the emotion in Cora reviving her, I have to actually think like, oh, Daisy's gone. And I never even for a second thought that that was going to happen. I, 
Yeah, I don't think I ever really thought. I think my as soon as she showed back up in space all frozen, I was like, well, here we fucking go again. Like, I think I was a little mad and again, got over it super fucking quick. (laughs) But I was a little I I don't maybe not mad, but definitely disappointed. Somewhere between disappointed and mad. It was kind of like I sort of now that I'm like revisiting it in my head. It's kind of like an homage to in Guardians of the Galaxy when Star Lord Gives Gamora his breathing apparatus. Yeah, but he goes out there purposely. He doesn't get blown up in a ship that's in a billion pieces behind him. Well, whether you go out there on purpose or not, I mean, you're still exposing a human to outer space. So at least we've seen twice someone lives from that. And maybe if they could have explained it out that it's the fact that she was inhuman. So, like, that has something to do with it. But they didn't, so we're not going to go down that road. I didn't think about that, actually, but that, that could be it. Anything else before we move on to best scene? Um, no, I, I think think that's pretty much all I've got as far as the story. I Most of it worked. There was very little of it that didn't work, and it was a great way to end a season and a series uh, consecutively. Agreed. All right, I, I wrote down a couple for best scene just because it's the last time we're going to get to do this. Did you only have one? Or did you have a couple? Uh, I only had one that I really want to talk about, but there were a lot of really good things. And let's start by saying this was movie quality special effects. Yeah. So my wife watched this with me and she was like, she hasn't watched most of this series with me. She watched maybe the first season or two. And she goes, this is incredible for a network television show. And And this these two episodes, too, they've been using CGI sparingly throughout the course of the show. It's obviously so expensive, and they don't want it to look bad. So when they do it, they make it high quality. But this one had a lot of special it had effects. had a in lot it. of special effects in it. And so you could really tell that they put their money where their mouth is. I had a quote that I just wanted to bring up that has had me tossing and turning in bed trying to figure out, damn, that's a fucking mind twister. Colson is talking to May at one point. <clears throat> about the timelines and he says do we change the timelines or do the timelines change us and i was like whoa that was like a stoner moment for me (laughs) i was like damn that's a really good point because if you think about it like especially the i guess the cora situation is the best example like the agents of shield like obviously malik played a big role in that but I feel like things still would have happened differently in Afterlife, even if Malik didn't show up. I don't know. It seemed way more tumultuous than the one that Daisy walked into in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. storyline. So I, I started to think, like, the ripple effect, like, it can work both ways. You change the timeline, but then it changes you as a character and as a person, too. Like in Sousa's example, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I just I thought mean, it was weird. It's definitely something to think about. Uh, yeah, it's just with no context i mean you can get super deep with it i mean yes you have they are in different timelines reacting to different things but uh i mean look at may all of a sudden she has this power that was a time that was because of a timeline that Mm -hmm. was not her she didn't necessarily change a she didn't change a timeline at all with that but the timeline changed her and how she was able to affect others it's trippy it's, Another scene I want to bring up just because the imagery is so funny to me. The Chronicoms duct tapes to that missile <laughs> was pretty great. Sousa is 
they did a good job of okay he was fish out of out of water then he was like look i don't know what the fuck i'm doing but i'm here to help and then he just turned into this idea man at the end and hey this is what they were gonna do right what can we do with six of them and max like oh hell yeah now you're talking (laughs) that yeah the scene where they were just like it, it shows the missile being launched into like the ship and they're all just stuck to it that was great. It took me a second to figure out what was stuck to it and like the duct tape comment beforehand and, and all of that. But once I realized that, oh, he duct taped, they duct taped the, the Chromacons to it, that's just, that's just being resourceful, really. Yeah. Michael Scott, when he's trapped in the woods, would appreciate the use of duct tape there. <laughs> um, I mean, there's obviously the, I think, scene we both agree is our best scene, but what did you have? If, if it wasn't that, anything else that really stood out to you? No, it was it was that scene um, at the end. Now, I do like the – we got glimpses of it uh, in last episode, I guess in episode 11, of the uh, Gemma and um, Leopold just kind of hanging out and taking their time, which they explained and everything, and then they went back this episode and showed, oh, she's pregnant, oh, they have the baby, oh, they're playing – and it's like, I always like when movies or shows do that. They show you something from a certain angle, and then the camera pans around a different time, and you you get a completely different context for what's going on. Right. I just, I enjoyed it. It's fun. And I didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming at at all. No. Um, all right, do you want to talk about the speakeasy scene in death, or do you want to just save that for the impact of the show? And I world? think we can just say, I think we'll just mention that is that's my best scene of the show, probably of the season, and I have no nothing to say against why it shouldn't be for the entire series, but there's a lot of scenes to, <laughs> to that he has to fight with, and I I, just, I can't say that, but it was my best scene. And I say we, we do talk about it during Impact. All right, so obviously the final scene is the entire team coming together in the bar. That, I don't know if it was the speakeasy or the bar they'd always been at. I think it was because they'd, like, picked the virtual setting. Yeah, I think it was the speakeasy. Um, and it's, what, a year later? Is that what they said? Yes, one the year later. And basically they're all uh, separated now. Like, as Enoch predicted, they had served their last mission together. And their lives have taken them all separate places and it was a great bow or ribbon to put on the end of the show because you get to see where everyone ended up and for the most part they are all very happy endings so for impact of this show first off something i want to talk about so the briefcase that colson gives mac and i know trend pimp at home probably caught this the code that he gives him is 136 that is the number of episodes of agents of shield that's cool. Yeah. I was like, that sounds like how many episodes they've had. I looked it up, and I was like, that's pretty awesome. But let's talk about every character and where they end up, Brian, and then how you feel about how their arc concluded, or at least where the last time we see it for this show, because who knows if we will get to see these characters again in some other capacity. If you made me bet right now, I'd say yes, we see some of these characters again in some I would agree. Uh, I think they, they left it to where Mac may... Daisy, Deke, and obviously Sousa uh, and Cora, they they can all continue on. I don't think uh, Fitz and Simmons, I don't think they can continue on with how they ended them. And I just think 
you just have to let Colson go off into the sunset. Right. I don't want any more Colson. I I like where we are. I love what we got. Just don't fuck it up. So we'll just go through the team, uh, each respectively. So Daisy, first off, she's on her space mission with Cora and Sousa. And obviously her and Sousa appear to be, things appear to be working out well in their relationship. And obviously her and Cora now get to have have a sister in their life that they were never uh, given the opportunity to have. So how do you feel about the way her arc ended? I like it. I like that in, again, to start the show, she was looking for her family. And she finally got that biological family. But she also developed and found this other family in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and this other home with the with the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And that's, they married the best of both worlds right there. Um, yeah. I think when I was looking back at like where everyone ended, I'm probably most surprised though with Daisy's. Like if you'd have told me at the start of the season, Daisy will end up in space with Daniel Souza from Agent Carter and her sister Cora, who you never met. I'd say, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. I would also say, well, I don't want that. I want that at all. And right. I liked it. And I think that they set up good to have their own. I know we keep saying that just because this is the most convenient and that's probably the best platform for it. A, a uh, some sort of Disney Plus show or miniseries, maybe, or e- even a movie. I do like a Ooh. cheap hour and a half movie. That would be Just awesome. Almost like what Firefly and Serenity on. did. Yeah. Damn, that'd be really cool. Yeah, I Her, could I could get behind something like that. I'm down with that. Yeah. So the Daisy arc was one that surprised me how much I liked it. Um, and how much I liked how her character came full circle and found what she was looking for. But as kind of is the theme of the show, uh, it never is quite what you think you're looking for. But but it is, if that makes yep. sense. All right, May. She's a teacher at Colson Academy, obviously named after Phil Colson. And Flint, uh, the inhuman with the ability with like the kinesiology to control rocks, is a student there. I'm pretty surprised at her, her ending. And I'm still confused how the... Shrike or whatever the thing, sorry, not the Shrike, the demon thing that possessed her affected her long term. But I think her getting out of the field and relatively settling down and honoring Coulson's memory was a was a pretty good send off. I agree. I think that that that's where as a character she needs to be. She's gone through a ton of shit. I mean, going back to where she got her name of the Calvary, losing her husband, getting Coulson, losing Coulson, getting Coulson back dying essentially from I always forget she lost her husband Jesus she has had a rough go of it yeah uh essentially dying then being saved then she has this power I mean she's been through some fucking shit she deserves to just chill out but also May has never been one that is just going to sit still and retire essentially so I think that's a good fit and with all that knowledge and experience she can really lead a, another generation of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and kind of teach them this is what it's about. This, it's not all the rules and regulations and, you know, spy stuff. It's about doing something meaningful and that you believe in. And it is kind of interesting because she was always in the show a reluctant mentor. Like when she was asked to train Daisy or Ward or Fitz and Simmons, she was always kind of like, ugh. And yo-yo. Right. But then she ended up being so good at it and just had this, like, protégés just gravitated towards her. It was something Mm -hmm. about her confidence and her capability that I think always made her a good mentor, even if she didn't want to be. 
She, I think that the, a good analogy is there's a difference between a good leader and a good manager or a good boss. She was a good leader because she didn't want to be the other one. Right. Ooh, very well said. Um, what I think was the best and the most emotional part, I was actually crying watching it, was Fitz and Simmons ending. I, I mean, I'm sure you feel the same How way. do you not cry? How do you not cry? Yeah. Them I mean, finally getting the only thing they wanted, which was just to be together and live a life happily together. And also the cutest kid in the history of television cast. Clearly not theirs. <laughs> but, God, it was adorable. Yeah. It w- with that, like, ch- ch- British children are, like, the cutest things of all time. With, like, their little accents. I love that. And then getting to see how uh, their daughter was, like, in the... I can't remember the name of that pod thing, but from the end of season the six. Safe, safety pod, whatever. I mean, that, they've utilized that thing in multiple seasons. So for them to kind of call that back yeah. was pretty cool. That thing has played a big role. Like, remember, Ward tried to kill uh, Fitz in it. Yeah. Right? I, was Simmons and with him, too? I think Simmons was, too, because they had to bust the door open and hold their breath to swim to the top of the ocean or some yeah, shit like Fitz that. Yeah, Fitz had, like, brain damage for a little while because of the yeah. oxygen. I think that their arc from beginning to end in the entire series was probably the most satisfying because we got to see their courtship. We got to see them butting heads. We got to see them fall in love, get married, be torn apart multiple times, and them to continue and persevere to the point that they were at. And they really played the long game with them. Like, they did not ship them for at least the first two and a half seasons, if I remember at right. At least. Yeah. Like, I remember when they first started talking about, like, you know, them liking each other. You can start to see that romance blossom. I was surprised. I was like... This is not where I thought this would end up or go. No, I thought Fitz was so far in the friend zone slash brother zone that he would never get out of it. Mm-hmm. But props to him, man. He gave us all hope. Yep. Those people. Just because there's, there's a goalie doesn't mean he can't score. I believe Jesus said that, actually. Um, Mac, not much to say about him. I mean, obviously, I'm happy that he's the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's a weird look, him in, like, Fury's trench coat. And timeline-wise, I'm so confused what they're trying to tell us by putting him on the original Helicarrier. But I don't care. It's a cool visual, and Mac, you know, is like my sleeper favorite character on this show. So I was happy with his, but I don't know if it's... It's probably like the least controversial of any of them, but who knows? What, what did you I think? think it's the least controversial, but also the most confusing, if that makes any sense. I know that's like an oxymoron, but like, again, like you said, I'm okay with it. His outfit is weird. I don't really understand where he's at or what he's doing, but... He did say we're going to Russia, or there's an issue in Moscow. And again, I'm like, well, Black Widow takes place in Russia, but who knows? Just, again, we, we don't. I know. I just, I'm not, we can get to that in a few minutes, but I'm not convinced one way or the other that this is or is not still connected to the movies. Yeah. And I'm fine either way. They did the a thing, good enough I job for me to find either way. I don't care. The thing that frustrates me is that they're making it ambiguous. Like, yeah. say it is or isn't, dude. Don't Because the weird stuff, we can talk about the quantum realm in a sec, but the weird ambiguity of not knowing bothers me more than them just saying, it's not the MCU. We don't really right. care about that I don't care. I don't care if it is or it isn't. I just want to know. Right. And I'm more mad that I don't know as opposed to knowing it's one way or the other. I don't know if they know. <laughs> They may not. I bet Jed Whedon and Marissa Tancheron are like, I, pfft, yeah. I don't know. Sure. 
Um, Deke. I mean, I love Deke's send-off. It's incredible. It was perfect. It was the most Deke thing to do. And Trent Pimp, after one of the episodes, he commented, uh, you and I found it like a, a few minutes after the episode, but um, he found some Deke Squad shirts that, I mean, you and I have to get those. Obviously. Yeah, it's happening. The most bro thing. Uh, all right, last one is Coulson. And I'm a little confused by his ending. Do we want to talk about Yo-Yo? Oh, yeah. I mean, she's with Mac and then just... No, she's with Piper. She's with Piper and Davis. I meant in a relationship. Oh, yes. They're still together. They're still together. Whatever. I'm fine with it. Not fine with it. Honestly, doesn't fucking matter. But how do you feel about Piper bringing back Davis? I mean, you know, I'm I'm a big Davis guy, so... You are. Anything to get him back in the show. I could I could take or leave Piper. She's fine. But Davis had like a four or five episode arc two seasons ago where, I don't know if you heard that, by the way, Thor just landed. Yeah, that is insane. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, but Davis had like a four episode arc where I was like probably too big of a Davis fan. I was like, dude, fuck everyone else on the show. Just give him 50 minutes. I cannot believe I'm going to say this. But I would watch like a like a web series of those three. One hundred percent. None of them are good actors. I don't particularly like any of their characters. Mm-hmm. But give it to me. It just seems entertaining. Yeah, I I can't even really describe what I like about them so much because nothing about them is even like that unique. I mean, they're, they're not funny. They're not like romantically involved. Like, there's just they're not anything. But it works. I think it w- to me it would be like if you did a Star Wars series on unlo- series on like those two dudes who operated um, like the Death Star weapon. That <laughs> would just be super interesting to me. Like two cogs in the machine and what their day to day life is like. That's what Piper and Davis are like to me. They're so far down the totem pole and really I don't want to say unimportant, but their life is just like so menial. Like it's just like a, they're like desk jobs basically it's, that i just find it's it so... like the equivalent of uh damage control yes like exactly they're they're nobody but they have a purpose all right last one colson who is still an lmd and he has kind of a nice tie and they give him lola back mac does and i can't remember the exact line that he says maybe you'll be able to help me out here but he's he wants to see the world or something before he shuts down. And May says, well, you should come by the academy and talk to the kids, the new recruits. I'm sure they'd love to see you. And they don't. I don't want to say they leave his open-ended because it's not like there's some dangling plot thread that we feel, um, you know, anxious or, like, incomplete about with his character. But uh, to see him drive off in Lola again, I thought was kind of a cool uh, way to end his, his time on the show. What did you think of Coulson's arc and how it ended? I like how it ended. Again, I would have been okay with him dying again. Um, just because the entire show started with him being dead. I mean, right. the dude died in Avengers, okay? And they brought him back and was super successful in the entire show. I would be okay with him bookending with him dying. Now that they didn't, driving off or flying off in Lola was fantastic. Just let him ride off into the sunset I, I like the idea of May going, well, hey, why don't you stop by? Because there was always that reluctance between them since he became an LMD and she had emotion. Uh, it was kind of w- nice to see them kind of come to terms with 
their relationship as is now as opposed to what it used to be. Right. And her to just kind of mention, like, dude, just stop by. And him to just not really have a plan. And I'm, I like it. Yeah, for the first time in a while, I feel like Coulson doesn't have his next mission. Yeah. You know? Which is kind of a relief for him. Yeah, I mean, he's been searching for that for a while, I think. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to add specifically on the characters who ended? Because then I just had a few of my favorite moments from the show I wanted to bring up, and then anything else you wanted to contribute. No, I think I just I want to talk a little bit about that last scene, that that roundtable scene in the speakeasy. I on I was pretty surprised whenever they were just like mind controlled to each other or whatever those little things that they put on their head was. Really cool to see because Enoch was right. They will never be in the same room, or whenever they said it, we will never be in the same room again. This is the last time we're going to be all together at the same time. And then all of a sudden you get this scene, you're like, well, they're all together. What the fuck? But they're not. And yeah. them kind of making that pact of, this is nice. You know, we should do this again. We, we got to stay in touch. Uh, it just felt very, it felt very relatable because I feel like a lot of people that go to college, you have these great, great experiences for these four, five, six years while you're in college with these people. You you know these people better than you know anybody. And then you all go off into the real world and you all get jobs in different parts of the state or the world or the country or whatever. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, you might get a text message or a phone call or you know a Facebook message from this person that you haven't seen in 10 years. But you can kind of pick up where you left off. And that is kind of what I felt like that the meaning behind and, and what that scene wanted to say, or at least that's what that scene said to me, is it doesn't matter what's going on around you or what's happening. You can still always reconnect with those people that matter. Yep. That's exactly the vibe I got. No, no matter where they are, different parts of the galaxy or the universe, they're always going to be the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And that bond is unbreakable from time and space and They'll always be there for the big moments. And I think it was, for some reason, man, this just tugged at my heartstrings, too. As they were signing off one by one, it wasn't like a collective goodbye. It was like each person is like, let's do this once a year, no matter what happens. Like, no matter how busy we get, like, we, we always need to make time for each other. And you know they will. And like you said, that just felt, I think, because, like you said, we all have relationships like that in real life. Like, people who, no matter what, no matter where you guys are, you're always going to have that bond and that care for each other. And you'll make time for it. Just like this team will. Um, all right, I just had a few of my favorite moments from the show, really briefly. We don't have Let's to talk do about it. It too much. Uh, the Hydra twist, I think, was one of the coolest things that I've ever seen in, in media because it so seamlessly tied in the movies to the show and was actually, I think, even more interesting in the show because of how closely related uh, that, that twist inherently was to the construct of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I mean, people we had fallen in love with for a season, we were now finding out were actually evil the entire time. It was kind of Grant insane. Ward was one of my favorite characters in that first season, Agreed. and then to find out that he's a he's a part of Hydra blew my fucking mind. Well, I remember as we started to realize, like, oh shit, like Hydra's embedded in Shield. You and I were thinking, like, dude, I hope. I remember saying, I hope Fitz isn't Hydra. I hope Ward isn't Hydra. I really hope uh, Daisy isn't Hydra. I honestly was thinking Daisy was going to be Hydra, just the way that she got recruited and her reluctance to go in and the way that she 
convinced everybody that she needed to be part of the team, even though mm-hmm. she herself didn't really want to be. I was pretty convinced she was going to be part of Hydra. Yeah. For me, that was one of the coolest parts of the show. And I think because it happened so early, it kind of sold me. I After they pulled that off so well, I basically said, all right, whatever you guys do, I'm here the the rest of the ride. So yeah, I'm, just... I'm in it for the long haul now. Um, Ghost Rider was really fucking cool. So visually just great. The way that they uh, introduced him was awesome. The way, I mean, he was only in what, maybe six episodes? Yeah, I just love the Robbie Reyes character. And he did, he disappeared like halfway through the season and I think briefly came back at one point. And there was a rumor he was going to come back again. But that was just super cool to me, especially to get a character that big on this show was awesome because basically the Marvel movies said, we don't have plans for him if you guys want to take him for the And time. it was super close to when Marvel finally got the rights to him back or when, or when Marvel got his rights. It was almost immediate he was on the show. Yeah. Within six months, I want to say. Yeah, for this show, I thought that was a huge get and I think they pulled it off perfectly. And for it to not be... Um, Oh my God! What is the fucking Daredevil's name? Why am I Johnny Blaze? For it to not be Johnny Blaze and actually be uh, uh, Robbie Reyes, I think was another cool little wrinkle because not a lot of people had known that character from yep. the comics. I think it's very similar to a Peter Parker, uh, Miles Morales situation. Definitely, good yep. analogy. Uh, and then I know one that you and I always loved: the framework and uh, Agents of Hydra and Evil Fits. Agents of Hydra, I don't care. What you say, what you do, that is probably my favorite arc, definitely in the entire show, um, but it might be one of my favorite segments or arcs or storylines, whatever you want to call it in any show. Yeah. It was so cool to see the entire, everything that they had built for four seasons flipped upside down and say, hey, this is how it could have gone. And I think for me, that was when my eyes were really open to how incredible of an actor Ian DeCastiger was. I agree. To I think that he they they held him back, and then they finally said, "This is your this is your show now, man." Yeah. Go. They took the reins off of him. All right, Brian. Agents of Shield has come to an end. Before we leave the people for the last time with one of these reviews, is there anything else that you want to add? I don't. It's gonna be sad. For this is a show I'll probably never go back and rewatch. I really enjoyed it. There's a lot of things I know I don't remember just because it was such a long running show. And but I will always, always love it. It's probably a top ten show, honestly. And for being network TV and not like uh you know a Netflix where they can go dark and all this stuff. I mean, this is relatively safe for all ages to an extent. It's really hard to do today. Yeah, this show for me really checked all the boxes. I mean, it it wasn't like it ever took itself too seriously, but it also didn't lampoon what it was. And I can't think of a show this I mean where I felt so closely connected to the characters. I mean, these guys feel like my family almost. I would or, agree. I think that's because they have such a familiar relationship with each other. Um for it to end, it's weird. I don't think it's going to really hit me until like next year when it doesn't come back. Yeah. I think it'll hit me whenever Netflix or Disney Plus or whatever, it's on like the newly added mm-hmm. and it's the entire series. 
to to some streaming service, I'm gonna go. Holy shit! It is the entire series. Like it's over. It's not coming back. We're done. It was a great ride, Brian. Um, I'm glad we were able to do this. Trend Pimp, thank you as always for joining us. Uh, and for the mad scientist Brian Banner, I'm the mayor Jeff Hornacek, and we are the Bro Four Squad podcast. Setting off for the last time on our review of Agents of Shield. Be sure to follow us on Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts. If you type in Bro Four Squad as three separate words. We'll find all of our content there. We're on Twitter, at Bro4Squad, and check out all of our content on our website, Bro4Squad.com. Till next time, Brian and I have to go have a hologram conference with some of our friends. You have friends? Well, like internet friends. Oh. They, they're probably all Hungarian dudes who will show up with their dicks out, but... I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know.